All right, uh, we continue our series today. Remember last week we uh, started out with a new message series about uh, a birth announcement, uh, that invitation that tells us a, a child has come into the world. And uh, so the title is kind of Birth Announcement and uh, Response Required. And uh, last week we uh, talked about uh, Mary and understanding how the angel Gabriel had come to her and made that incredible announcement. And uh, we acknowledge that when Gabriel showed up, things changed in her life, and she had to give up her plan, remember? Had to give up her plan and instead get an agreement with, uh, with God's plan. But getting an agreement with God's plan for Mary, as for us, uh, is what leads to that incredible goodness of life uh, that God promises us. And the, the verse that we've been using is kind of the promise there, the theme for us as we go through the invitation, is out of Second uh, Peter uh, 3. And just to remind you, Second Peter 3 says, We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that He had invited us to share in His wonderful goodness. There's the invitation. That God always has that invitation for us to be able to just enter into and share in the incredible goodness of uh, life with Him. And so as we look at each of these invitations, we'll see how God is bringing people into that relationship with Him and into that credible, uh, incredible goodness of life with Him. Uh, so as we move forward today, we look at another invitation. You ready? Today's invitation is around some wise guys, uh, the Magi, the three uh, wise men. Um, and tradition says, now keep in mind this tradition Tradition says that there were three wise men. Their, name were, their names were Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. Uh, tradition has it that uh, they came and they bowed before Jesus and they worshipped, as we'll see in the Scripture. But then after that, uh, as time went on, they were eventually baptized by uh, Thomas, one of Jesus' followers, and that ultimately when they died, all three of them were buried in Constantinople. But after a period of time, uh, their bodies eventually were moved uh, through transition of historical events. Uh, their bodies eventually ended up uh, in Cologne. And I'm told that if you go to Cologne today, you can actually go there and you can uh, see the uh, burial place or the boxes that are supposedly the burial places of these three kings. Anybody been to Cologne? Did you see them? You don't remember. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I had some folks come out of first service this morning and say, yeah, 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 they're there. They're there. Yeah. And it's even free. So if you ever get to Cologne, there you go. You got a place to go see. Well, that's what tradition says. Uh, what we need to do, though, is kind of step back and say, well, okay, what do we know uh, about these guys? What we know from the Scripture is that, first of all, they came from the East. Uh, they came from the East, contrary to, the, to the, uh, the hymn that we sing, We Three Kings of Orient Are. These guys came from the East, what would be today known as Iraq, Iran, in that, in that specific area. They came from, uh, from the East, and in their day, there were two great empires that dominated that region geographically. One was the Babylonian Empire, and then eventually after them, the Persian uh, Empire. Now, we know, 
We know from archaeology and, and all our, our research, we know that the Babylonians especially were really into the stars, that they had folks who were uh, very powerful, very learned, and the advisor of the king who interpreted the stars. And the king did very little. He made very few decisions without consulting these learned astrology-type guys. And uh, so the king made few major decisions without getting those learned guys in there and letting them tell, well, what do the stars say uh, about this? So we, we know about the Babylonian Empire. We know about this emphasis uh, in Babylon, and that carried into the Persian Empire as well. The other interesting thing we know, we know that at one time the Jewish folks were exiled to Babylon. Remember the Babylonian exile from the Old Testament? So we know there was a great exile of folks from Israel who were relocated in the Babylonian Empire. Among them, we know, was a guy named Daniel. Heard about Daniel? You know, the guy that hung out with lions one afternoon? Yeah, you bet. We know that Daniel, according to the Scripture, is one of those guys who was in the Babylonian experience and also... He became one who was of great authority and great influence in the Persian Empire under King Darius. He grew to be, you know, next to, to the king. So in all probability, we can surmise that there were these folks called kings and astrologers, perhaps not kings in the way we understand it, but learned advisors to kings. And if they came from Babylon and they came through this, this Persian Empire, they probably were influenced by the Hebrew people. And they had an awareness, no doubt, of the Hebrew Scripture. And certainly because of Daniel, they had an awareness of the prophecies that Daniel himself spoke and wrote to the Hebrew people. So there's the backdrop. There's kind of the historical backdrop for the story that we get from Scripture itself. Sit back, listen up. You've heard the story before, perhaps, but hear it one more time. What the Scripture tells us about these three kings coming to experience the Christ child. When Jesus was born in the village of Bethlehem in Judea, Herod was king. During this time, some men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is the child born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was worried, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem. Herod brought together the chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses and asked them, Where will the Messiah be born? They told him, He will be born in Bethlehem, just as the prophet wrote. Bethlehem is the land of Judea. You are very important among the towns of Judea. From your town will come a leader who will be like a shepherd for my people Israel. Herod secretly called in the wise men and asked them when they had first seen the star. He told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, let me know. I want to go and worship him too. The wise men listened to what the king had said and then left. And the star they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They were thrilled and excited to see the star. 
When the men went into the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother, they knelt down and worshipped him. They took out their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and gave them to him. Later, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, and they went back home by another road. You heard the story before? Let's unpack it. Let's unpack this and see now, when you receive an invitation, how, how these kings receive this invitation and how it allows them, and hopefully if we can glean from it, us to enter into the goodness of God. You ready to go? First observation. If you're going to receive the invitation to enter into the goodness of, of God, you have to have your eyes open. You have to have your eyes open. You've got to be willing to look for the invitation. We know from the Scriptures, it says, During this time, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is the child born to the king of the Jews? Now notice what it says. We saw, see it? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. What brought them to Jesus? What brought them to the experience of of, uh, encountering the goodness of God? They saw it. They saw the activity of God in the sky. Now, this is so fascinating. They were astrologers, and God sends out an invitation directly to them, and He uses a means by which God knows the astrologers are going to get it. They're going to see it. After all, they are astrologers, and astrologers look at stars. God speaks to these guys in a way that they can see it and grab it and get that invitation. But it took them looking to the stars. You see, if you're going to get the invitation into God's goodness for your life and get your life in agreement with God's plan of what He has in store for you in that goodness, it starts because you just keep looking. Looking for God's activity in your life. For these wise men, it came in a star. Now, modern-day astronomy people have tried to figure out this whole uh, star experience and how it happened and where it came from and uh, all of that stuff. And there's been different theories out there about it. But we know from our modern-day guys that it truly, probably, absolutely took place. For instance, there's an astronomer from the uh, Rutgers University who argues that uh, what probably happened here was that in the constellation that has uh, Jupiter in it, which is the constellation that in that time, apparently, would have been the constellation one would look at and read to understand what's going on in the region of Judea. It was the Judean constellation. This astronomer makes the argument that at that particular time, the planet of Jupiter, which was understood to be the planet of kings, apparently, went through a lunar eclipse in the Judean constellation. So he, he says, well, here's what happened. These guys are looking at the stars, and there's a lunar eclipse of the juniper planet, which is the planet of kings, and it takes place in the constellation that was known as the Judean constellation. Hence, they couldn't miss the message that a king was being born in Judea. Make sense? Mm-hmm. This is a guy. If that's not good enough for you, there is an astrophysicist uh, who argues 
that, uh, well, that may be the case, but he's got a different one. His argument is that there was actually a star and that there, that star still exists out there today, only it doesn't burn as brightly. You can see it if you've got a powerful enough uh, telescope. But he says, no, 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 there was an actual star uh, that burned brightly um, and that he can go back and find records of Chinese astrology folks who confirm that there was an actual star that burned that brightly at the very same time when we project the birth of Jesus. Well, what do you have going on? Well, you got two modern-day astrologers who are pointing backwards in time and saying, look, we can at least theorize and point to the probability this really took place, that there really was a star. It means that God was really working in a real world to send a message to these people, right? God was using what was at His disposal, what was at His resources, in order to send a message to these guys who would be looking up into the skies. And that's the way God works. See, we believe that God is a God who is absolutely tied to this world. And we believe that God is absolutely working in your everyday, yes? If God is working in your everyday and we believe it, it means we should live with our eyes wide open. Live with our eyes wide open to see and understand the invitations that God gives us as He works in our day. Let me give you an example. There's a fellow named William Curry. William Curry uh, was a Christian guy, and he was at a revival meeting. And during the revival meeting, one of the preachers proclaimed a message and said that God desired to reach the world for Jesus Christ. William Curry heard that message, and he said in his heart and in his mind and in his soul, God spoke to him in that moment and said, I want you to be a missionary to India. He saw God's activity. He heard God's activity. And so he went to the leaders of the church in that time, and he said, God has called me to be a missionary in India. The leaders of the church of that time said, you know, if God wants to reach those folks over there in India, God will do it his own way. William Curry didn't listen to the leaders of the church at that time, and instead he went to India. And he began proclaiming the gospel in India. It took him seven years to get his first convert to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? And yet today, there are churches throughout India, and they understand William Curry to be the father of the mission of Jesus Christ to India. How did that happen? How did all these churches spring up? How did all these people now come to know Jesus Christ? Because one guy, had his eyes wide open. And he saw, and he heard, and he felt the stirring of God in his life and said, this is my plan for you. You need to get in agreement with it. You see, if we live our lives and we live them with our eyes wide open, then we can discover and be invited into that invitation that says, God's got something in store for you. Number two, If we live with our eyes wide open, what we need to make sure we do, and here's the hard part, is when we get the invitation, you got to take the journey. (laughs) When you get the invitation, you got to take the journey. These wise men are looking through the sky and boom, there's the invitation. 
And right away, they know they got to take the journey. Can you imagine the day they left when they were, you know, packing up the caravan of things and, you know, their wife came out of the house or their neighbor came over and said, gee, where are you going? I don't know. How long are you going to be gone? Don't have a clue. Well, why in the world are you doing this? Well, you see, there's this star and I've got some little scraps of scripture from Daniel. I think it's true, so I'm going. You see the journey they were ready to take? They were ready to take a journey based on that limited activity of God, but they were committed to take the journey. They were committed to take the journey. And so they packed up the caravan and they started heading with only one thing to guide them, the star. The star. That's it. That's all they knew. In fact, they didn't know exactly how it was supposed to unfold. And we see that they didn't know that because when they're on the journey, they go to Jerusalem first. They went to the wrong place. Now, understandably, they would go to Jerusalem because that's, you know, the place of kings. So, I mean, it would make sense that they would go to Jerusalem, but they went to the wrong place. By the way, ladies, isn't it amazing in the Bible there's some men who stop and ask for directions? Right? That's what they're doing. By the way, here's your here's your my my Christmas suggestion to you. Ladies, guys love these GPS unit things. Yeah, they love them. You know why? Cuz they put them in their car, they get this wonderful female voice talking to them so nice and gentle like. And when they make they just blow past the turn, you know, they don't make the right-hand turn like they're supposed to, like she tells. They blow past she doesn't come back and say, "You missed the turn." She just comes back with a nice, gentle voice and says, Recalculating. Isn't that great? And they love those things. I do. I love those. Recalculating. There's no second guessing. She just invites you. Well, let's do it a different way, Bob. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. And she's always nice to me. There you go. Well, these guys didn't have GPS units. They didn't have that stuff. But they knew. They knew they were following the star. They were doing the best they could to discern what God would lead them to, right? They knew the end result was experiencing an incredible king. And so along the way, on the journey, they seek the advice of other people. This is crucial. If you're going to be invited into God's uh, journey for your life, you need to seek out other people. Surround yourself with other people who can confirm for you what God is saying. Now, for the kings, they went and sought some other advice. Unfortunately, the advice both confirms uh, what they needed to hear, but it also created a challenge because the person they go see is a guy named King Herod. They go to Jerusalem and they seek out Herod. It says, when Jesus was born in the village of Bethlehem in Judea, Herod was king. During this time, some wise men uh, from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is the child to be born king of the Jews? Oops. Who's Herod? King of the Jews. What does it mean to Herod if a new king is born? Bye-bye. Yeah, not good. What you have to know is Herod was an absolute ruthless fellow. This guy left nobody in place to challenge his throne. He killed his wife. He killed his children. He wiped out anybody who was a threat. So when these wise men show up and say, where's the king of the Jews born? 
You get the text in verse 3 saying, when King Herod heard about this, he was worried. (laughs) You bet. And even more, the text says, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem. Herod was worried because there might be a threat to his throne. Why was everybody else worried? Because they had no clue what Herod would do to ensure his throne. And they had every reason to be worried because what happens after the kings leave? Herod sends his soldiers to Bethlehem to kill every child two years and under. Remember? When you're on your journey, the enemy is going to try to get you off path. When you're on your journey, the enemy is going to try to bring obstacles into your life and get you confused. The enemy does not want you to listen to the activity of the star of God's working in your life. The enemy does not want you to get the invitation that says, look, enter into the goodness of life with me. The enemy understands that if you follow and you get on the journey and you get following in the path that God wants and you get in agreement with what God wants for your life, the enemy knows what you can do. The enemy knows the difference that you can make in the kingdom of heaven. And so the enemy on the journey will try to raise up obstructions and confusions to keep you from accomplishing it. Herod was an obstruction and a confusion. We see it again. It says, Herod secretly called the wise men and asked them when they had first seen the star. He told them, oh, oh, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, let me know. I I want to go and worship him too. Believe that? The wise men listened to what the king said, and they left. What did the wise men do? They just left. They left the obstacle. They left the hindrance. And what was God doing in the meantime? This is great. You ready? What was God doing in the meantime? The wise men listened to what the king said and then left. And the star they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And they were thrilled and excited to see the star. What happened? They meet the obstacle. They meet the confusion of King Herod. And God intervenes and says, let's get back on track. Let's get back in the plan. Let's get life back in agreement here. Look, here's the star. And the star shows them exactly the right place where they need to go. Do you see that? When the enemy tries to get you off the path and get you in confusion, God is still working. And God has provision to be able to bring you back to the right path. You see, what's amazing in this whole story is the three wise men from the east see the star and the star brings them in exactly the right place. Who missed the star? The people who lived there? The people of God? Herod the king, the prince of Israel? The scribes and the Pharisees that they called and said, where where is the king supposed to be born? And gave the proper correct answer. Those guys who should have been God's own people, they missed it. Even when the kings came and the scribes and the Pharisees came and they said, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem because that's what the Scriptures say. Would you think a few of those guys would say, I don't know about you, but I'm heading to Bethlehem. They don't. They're too captured by their fear of what Herod will do. 
You see, the enemy will try to capture you and keep you from moving forward in your life in agreement with God. That's what it'll do. And in this case, the people of God missed the greatest event in their life. They missed the promised Messiah when he was just down the road. It took the wise men to experience it. Now notice, notice verse 10 there. It says, they were thrilled and excited to see what? The star. Now this is fascinating. You ready? They were thrilled and excited to see the star. They hadn't even got to Jesus yet. I mean, we would understand if they get to Jesus and they say, whoa, we finally found him and they're thrilled and excited. They were thrilled and excited just on the journey of experience God's activity in their life. They saw the star again. God was working in their life again. They got past the confusion, past the obstacle, and they were thrilled and excited. It's the joy and the excitement of discovering God working uh, in your life. And look what happened to them. Did God stop working? No. Even though the obstacle continued, it says, later they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, and they went back home by another route. Do you see how God just kept working and leading them for their own good to bring them into that goodness of God? If you want to get the invitation, you got to be ready to take the journey, even in spite of the obstacles, and trust God along the way. How you can confirm this? Here we go. How do you confirm it? The invitation is always true to God's Word. Whenever the invitation comes, it's always going to be confirmed by God's Word. You need to seek out other people, but it's always going to be confirmed by God's Word. Remember what I told you when we began today. Those three kings came from Babylonia and Persia. And who else was there? Daniel. Remember? These guys had heard about Daniel. They had heard those scraps of Scripture. And so when they were responding, they were responding knowing some truth. And when they got to Jerusalem, who does Herod call? Scribes and Pharisees. What do they consult? The Hebrew Scripture. And the Scripture confirms for them. It says, Herod brought together the chief priests, teachers of the law of Moses, and they asked them, where is the child to be born? They told him he was to be born in Bethlehem, just as the prophet wrote. You see? Their journey is confirmed by the Scripture itself. When you're on the journey, you need to surround yourself with people who can speak to you about God's provision for your life. But you also need to keep your nose in the Scripture. Because when you're trying to discern, what is that, what is God, where's my star? Whatever path He leads you on will be confirmed by the Scripture itself. And ultimately, we see in the Kings, it did lead them into that provision of God's goodness. The invitation brought them to Jesus and it required of them an absolute, complete response. Final text. They went thrilled and excited to see the star. When the men went into the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother, they knelt down and they worshipped him and they took out their gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh and gave them to him. When they got there, they did not withhold the most valuable They worshipped, even though learned astrologer types themselves, powerful people that they were, they knelt down and worshipped a child. And they gave the child gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all the gifts that Jesus would need for his life. If you're going to enter into the goodness of God, 
you got to keep your eyes open. you got to commit to the journey. you got to make sure that you confirm what God is doing through His Word. And you got to be ready to make your response absolutely total. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we, uh, we ask this morning that uh, this witness of these learned guys, these kings who would follow a star, uh, could speak to each one of us this morning. And uh, we just ask you, Father, uh, give us that same star for our own lives, whatever it is, that, that you would just make clear to us the path that we need to follow in order to be uh, in agreement with your plan for our life and in order to have lives that enter into the goodness of living with you. We ask for that wisdom. We ask for that blessing through Jesus Christ, this child who became a true king forever and ever. It's in his name we pray. Amen.